The Murder Minute podcast contains depictions of real-life true crime stories. Some details may be disturbing, and listener discretion is advised. This is Murder Minute. I'm your host, Mrs. Smitty, and today is Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. Today on Murder Minute, I'm going to tell you the story of the Ota family and how their lives came to a tragic end. But first, your true crime headlines. In Philadelphia, a woman was sexually assaulted on a SEPTA train as other passengers looked on and failed to intervene. The assault, which was captured on surveillance video, took place on Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority's Market Frankfurt line on Wednesday night. A SEPTA employee eventually saw the incident occurring as the train rolled past and called 911, and police met the train at the station three minutes later and took the suspect into custody. That man, 35-year-old Fiston Nagoy, was arraigned on charges including rape, sexual assault, and aggravated indecent assault, and is being held at Delaware County Prison on $180,000 bail. SEPTA released a statement after the incident, which read in part, quote, There were other people on the train who witnessed this horrific act, and it may have been stopped sooner if a rider called 911. SEPTA urges anyone who observes a crime being committed or any dangerous situation occurring to report it. Anyone witnessing an emergency should immediately call 911. A shooting inside a Pennsylvania shopping mall left four people injured, according to police. The incident occurred at Park City Mall in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, about 80 miles west of Philadelphia. Around 2.30 in the afternoon on Sunday, a fight between several males led to gunfire, sending terrified shoppers scrambling. Two women suffered minor injuries while trying to run away from the shooting, and four people suffered gunshot wounds that were described as non-life-threatening. Two suspects were taken into custody, and the mall was closed for the remainder of the day as police investigated the scene. Jury selection is underway in the trial of three men accused of the murder of Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was shot and killed while out for a jog near the town of Brunswick, Georgia. Gregory McMichael, his son Travis, and their neighbor William Roddy Bryan Jr. are charged with malice and felony murder for Arbery's death, which occurred in February of 2020. After the shooting, the McMichaels told police that they were attempting a citizen's arrest on Arbery, who they believed to be responsible for some local burglaries. A Glynn County police spokesperson later said that in the seven weeks prior to Arbery's death, there had only been one burglary, a gun stolen from an unlocked vehicle in front of the McMichaels' home. The men were not arrested or charged until months after Arbery's death when a video that captured part of the incident was made public. Gregory McMichael is a former police officer and had worked as an investigator for the district attorney's office. The district attorney at the time, Jackie Johnson, 
was voted out of office after the incident. In September, she was indicted on charges of violating her oath as a public officer and obstructing a police officer for allegedly interfering with the arrest of Travis McMichael. Johnson has denied wrongdoing. The McMichaels and Brian have also been indicted on federal hate crime and attempted kidnapping charges. They have pleaded not guilty to those charges as well. For more true crime headlines, follow me on Instagram at Murder Minute and on TikTok at True Crime Headlines. For live true crime discussions all week long, you can find me on the Stereo app and also on the new Wisdom app. All of those links are in the episode description. After this break, I'll be back with this week's main story. Hey everyone, Mrs. Smitty here. Did you know that cats are carnivores that need lots of meat? I didn't know that leading cat food brands are often filled with fillers, grains, and very little protein. That's why I switched to Cat Person Cat Food. It's everything my cat needs to stay happy and healthy. High quality, high protein meals delivered right to my door. And they'll do the same for you. If you order your starter box today, I've arranged for Cat Person to provide an exclusive offer of nearly 50% off just for my listeners. Cat Person is protein packed, 50% more than industry standards, and only uses wholesome ingredients. The food is grain free and low carb, so there's no room for the unnecessary fillers you may find in other brands that can cause digestive problems for your kitty. Cat Person delivers delicious, nutritious, and high quality cat food right to your door. You'll never run out or have to settle for what's in stock at your local store. The meal plans are fully customized for your cat and perfect for cats of all ages. There are 16 easy to serve wet food varieties and three different dry foods, so you'll be sure to find the combinations your cat will love. My cat loves the turkey and chicken wet food and the turkey and duck dry food. They always ship for free with the meal plan. You won't believe all that's included in your starter box. Listen to this. You get 10 cups of wet food, one two pound bag of dry food, plus an entire set of serving spoons. I'm gonna do that again. Listen to this. You won't believe all that's included in your starter box. Listen to this. 10 cups of wet food, one two pound bag of dry food, plus an entire set of serving spoons, silicone lids, and a scooper. And Cat Person offers a 30 day money back guarantee on your custom plan. If your cat doesn't love Cat Person, no questions asked. We opened the box and my cat tried the turkey and chicken wet food and could not get enough. Uh, went looking for the lid, the can, uh, just absolutely devoured it. Uh, his coat looks so shiny and wonderful already after just about a week on the food. Um, and you know, he, he just seems to have so much more energy. So, uh, he's a big fan and so am I, it's such a great deal. Uh, you and your cat are going to love cat person as much as we do. Go to catperson.com slash murder minute and use code murder minute to save nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. That's catperson.com slash murder minute code murder minute and get nearly 50% off your starter box with free shipping. One more time, it's catperson.com 
slash murder minute and use the code murder minute. Halloween, 1970. Today, World War III will begin, as brought to you by the people of the free universe. From this day forward, anyone and or everyone or company of persons who misuses the natural environment or destroys same will suffer the penalty of death by the free people of the universe. I and my comrades from this day forth will fight until death or freedom against anyone who does not support natural life on this planet. Materialism must die or mankind will stop. This typewritten note was left on the windshield of a Rolls Royce that was parked across the driveway leading to the home of Dr. Victor Ota. Dr. Ota and his wife, Virginia, lived in the Santa Cruz community of Soquel, along with their two sons, 11-year-old Taggart and 12-year-old Derek. The couple also had two older daughters, 18-year-old Tara and 15-year-old Lark, who lived away at boarding school. By any measure, Dr. Ota was living the American dream. Born the son of a Japanese immigrant farmer in Montana, Ota studied medicine at the Northwestern University and then joined the Air Force, achieving the rank of Major. After his military service, Ota went on to build a thriving practice in the community of Santa Cruz, where he was a well-respected eye surgeon. His hard work paid well, and he enjoyed the finer things in life, favoring silk scarves over traditional neckties, purchasing expensive jewelry and luxury cars for himself and his wife, and sending his children to expensive private schools. Dr. Ota's taste for the finer things was also evident in the family's spectacular home. The Ota family's six-bedroom home, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright protege Aaron Green, boasted more than 4,000 square feet of living space on a sprawling 10-acre parcel of Ridgeline overlooking Monterey Bay. It had been custom-built for the Ota family and included lush green lawns and a stunning lagoon-style pool. On October 19, 1970, firefighters responded to a report of a house fire at the Oda residence. As they attempted to access the property via the two dirt roads that connected the house to the main road, they found both roads blocked. One road was blocked with by a Lincoln Continental, and the other was blocked with Dr. Oda's prized maroon Rolls Royce, on which firefighters found the typewritten note. Once they were able to gain access to the property, firefighters found that this was much more than just a house fire. At first, the home appeared to be unoccupied, but upon closer examination, firefighters discovered a body floating in the pool. Sunken in the water, they discovered four more bodies. The five victims were the doctor, his wife, their two sons, and Dr. Oda's 38-year-old secretary, Dorothy Cadwallader, a married mother of two little girls. Each victim had been bound with one of Dr. Oda's colorful silk scarves, and each of them had been shot in the neck. 
One officer on the scene that night later described it as being like an execution. Investigators were able to quickly rule out robbery as a motive because plenty of expensive jewelry and electronics had been left behind. They found no murder weapon, had no suspects, and had very little evidence to go on, aside from the ominous note left on Dr. Oda's Rolls-Royce. The note, once again, read as follows. Today, World War III will begin, as brought to you by the people of the free universe. From this day forward, any one or company of persons who misuses the natural environment or destroys the same will suffer the penalty of death by the people of the free universe. I and my comrades from this day forth will fight until death or freedom against anyone who does not support natural life on this planet. Materialism must die or mankind will. The note was signed Knight of Wands, Knight of Cups, Knight of Pentacles, and Knight of Swords. It had been just 15 months since the Manson family murder sent shockwaves through Southern California, and the slayings of the Oda family caused investigators to worry that they might have another Manson family on their hands. To add fuel to this theory, one of Oda's neighbors recalled that recently they had seen the doctor chase a group of hippies out of the pool and off of his property. To add fuel to this theory, one of Oda's neighbors recalled that recently they had seen the doctor chase a group of hippies out of the pool and off of the property. Police began questioning members of the hippie community in and around Santa Cruz and found that many of them were heartbroken to learn of Oda's passing and held him in high regard. The doctor was a charitable man, often offering medical services free of charge to members of the counterculture community. They also worried that angry neighbors would retaliate against innocent members of the hippie community, and they were eager to help police solve this crime. Without a lot of clues to go on, police decided to release the note to the press. Upon reading the note, it turned out to be the hippies who would give investigators a tip that would lead them right to their prime suspect. The tone and subject matter of the note made some members of the local counterculture believe that it had been written by a local man named John Lindley Fraser. 24-year-old John Lindley Fraser had been involved in petty crimes in his youth, but later settled down, finding steady work as an auto mechanic in Santa Cruz. He had been married, and his wife would later describe him as a beautiful person. That began to change when Fraser started using drugs in the spring of 1970, primarily LSD and mescaline. His drug use sent his mental state into a spiral. He gave up driving, telling people that God had commanded him to do so, and ended up quitting his job as an auto mechanic, telling his boss that he didn't want to contribute to the death cycle of the planet. Fraser had convinced himself that he was the John referred to in the New Testament Book of Revelations, and efforts by his wife and mother to get him to seek therapy were unsuccessful. A week before the murders, he told his wife that some materialists might have to die for him to fulfill his destiny. Eventually, the strain was too much and his marriage broke up, and he tried to ingratiate himself with the local hippie community. But the laid-back hippies didn't really get along with the paranoid former mechanic, 
and eventually Fraser retreated to a six-by-six shack in the woods, just a half mile from the Ota residence. After receiving the tip, police were able to match Fraser's fingerprints to the ones that had been left on the Rolls-Royce and to prints left on a beer can at the scene of the crime. Police then staked out Fraser's shack in the woods and arrested him four days after the Oda family's murders, capturing him in the early morning hours as he slept. Fraser would face three trials in total, one to determine his guilt or innocence, one to rule on his sanity, and one to decide his sentence. The jury deliberated for just five hours at his first trial before deciding that Fraser was guilty of murder. For the sanity trial, Fraser showed up to court with one side of his head shaved, including one of his eyebrows. He leaned into the insanity defense, but the jury didn't buy it and determined him to be sane. At the third trial, Fraser was sentenced to death, but his sentence would later be commuted to life in prison in 1974 after the Supreme Court abolished the death penalty. He would serve 35 years of his life sentence before taking his own life, hanging himself in his cell at Mule Creek State Prison in Ione, California in 2009. For a live discussion of this week's episode, join us on the Stereo app tomorrow, Wednesday, October 20th at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We'll discuss details of this case as well as the stories I've covered in this week's true crime headlines. I also want to remind you that we've joined the Wisdom app and I'll be hosting live true crime discussions over on the Wisdom app as well. Those links, along with the links to our other social channels, can be found in the episode description. I hope you can join us. Until next time, I'm Mrs. Smitty, and this has been your Murder Minute.